Here we go. Final seconds. Clutch is his name. Talking sports is his game. End zone. Touchdown with no time left. Pushing the limits. They win on the last play of the ball game. There are no limits. Are you kidding? Who can you count on to make the last thrower shot? Wow, and the game is over. Mikey Clutch. This is the final play. We're back. We are back on a Wednesday, July 14th. Beautiful day out, almost 80 degrees here in Chicago. Getting another loaded show over to you. So excited, so much to cover. So much to cover. In just a short week, um, you know, I covered the NBA Finals game one last time. We got into some NFL talk. With the Jags, you know, officially signing Trevor Lawrence. Talked about Aaron Rodgers a little bit. But today, what a fun week. What a fun week already. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we had some trade talks already for a young three-time All-Star. A team is fielding calls. We got Team USA dropping their first two exhibition games. Um, They haven't done that. They, they've only lost two exhibition games in total since 1992 before these last uh, the, these first two were dropped this this year for the Olympics. Um, I, I want to get into Bucks and Suns game two and three, and I'll preview game four. And then let's get into the M- M- MLB All-Star Week or day two days. It's really two days, and they get back to action tomorrow. Um, yeah, I'll get into the Home Run Derby and the All-Star game, but let's start with the Derby. I thought it was an extremely fun watch, enjoyable. Uh, you had big names in there. I mean, I would have loved to see Vlad Jr. and Tatis Jr. in there uh, to really round it out. But you had great story in Mancini who you know, battled, battled back from colon cancer and made it to the finals against you know, Pete Alonso, who was defending his title. The first year, uh, or for, you know, first time back since last year. So, you know, he, he's defending his title. Then, we, of course, we got Showtime, Shohei Otani. Man, that dude was just, even though he didn't make it out of the first round against a, another big name, Juan Soto. You know, we got all these young guys competing in there. And Trevor Story, even, you know, the hometown kid from Colorado. He didn't quite make it very far, but he just kind of ran into you know, better stories here, and guys made it to the final round. And, yeah, Shohei and Soto, man, what a first round you got and something you wanted to see from Shohei. He, I feel like sometimes the the pitching to these players in, in the home run derby, it's it, it kind of stinks because, you know, you, you trust the guy to throw to you, and it just looked like every pitch that was thrown to Shohei in, the, in, in like, the first couple um, throws, first, you know, minute and a half in his uh, three-minute first round. They just weren't in the spot that he needed it to be. Then he finally caught fire, and, you know, he was able to push it to a one-minute extra time round. And, again, it seemed like a pitching was off in there, in there as well. But And then it went to the three-pitch swing-off, which Soto just took every, every single pitch yard and Shohei first pitch, couldn't do anything with it. So I, I thought it was an extremely fun watch. 
you know, Pete Alonso was so locked in at one point, you know, he, he had already beat his opponent and he, he still wanted to swing, but you know, the lights went out, the fireworks went off and he advanced to the next round. But I think Pete Alonso could have easily hit 150 home runs. Uh, he, he was, he was in the zone and, and, and ready to go. It was re- extremely fun to watch him hit, you know, 35 home runs in, in the first round. Nuts, just nuts. And I, if he would have been able to go first in each round, which I was hoping he would have, yeah, I think 150 would have been easily, easily obtained uh, for him to get. And I hope he's back there next year to defend it and go back to back to back um, to compete with Griffey as the only three-time winner in the Derby. And, you know, it, it didn't seem like it really affected his, his swing last year, so I think he's got the confidence to, you know, come after this all-star break and still be that power hitter that he is for New York. But back to Shohei, I I just can't believe how fun and interesting this kid is. You know, dual threat, pitching and hitting. I mean, you don't see this ever, at least in our lifetime. You know, Babe Ruth was at this, but Babe Ruth wasn't even this talented at both spots at one time. You know, he started off as a pitcher and towards the, you know, back end of his career, then he became the hitter. Uh, he wasn't hitting home runs like this as a pitcher, that's for sure. And, and Shohei is leading in, in the first half, you know, with 33 home runs as a pitcher. Um, it's just insane. And he got the nod for the starting pitching. He got the win in, in the All-Star game. Uh, Vlad Jr., man, I, like I said, I wish he would have been in the in the home run derby as well. And Vlad Sr., I, I, like, when I first started watching baseball, I mean, he's really the first kind of player that stuck out to me, Vlad Guerrero Sr., uh, you know, playing for the Angels. I remember the pine tar on his helmet, the no batting gloves. Uh, he just looked like an old school player that, I like, it drew me. It drew me to baseball ball a little bit, and... I always rooted for Vlad Sr., and it's funny to already see his son here tearing up the league at 22 years old. 22 years old. Like, that is, that's just where sports and baseball is right now. The The best players are the youngest guys out there. I mean, Tatis, I think, is even 22 uh, only, and, you know, Shohei is on, uh, I'm not sure Shohei's age, but... You know, these guys come in, and this is why I don't like the whole uh, Shohei's 27, the the whole, you know, having a player's owning them for six years. And, you know, you you avoid calling them up. I mean, this is why the Cubs got to hold on to Chris Bryant this year because they waited an extra week or two to call him up uh, just just to hold on to his rights, and and he can't test free agency. So, yeah. uh, that's the frustrating thing. I, you've heard me talk about baseball. Um, the fact that you can manipulate a guy's, you know, um, playing time to hold on to him one extra year. And I don't know. It, it just stinks because when you do call these guys up, most of these guys um, don't get called up until, you know, mid 20s to late 20s. And you hold on to them six years. It's. I mean, that's in their 30s in which they're probably out of their prime. I, I think they got to shorten that up a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe three years, four years after a call-up. Like six years is just way too long to be able to hold on to a guy's 
rights and everything. It, it's just, it's not fair. But, um, yeah, the All-Star game was pretty fun, but it, it always seems like the American League, I, I mean, every year uh, they just dominate <laughs> the National League. But Vlad Guerrero Jr., man, did he hit a rocket or what? Let's take a listen to it. the 200th home run in all-star game history and you could have chopped that up into two <laughs> man you know as much as i used to dislike joe buck man after the cubs world series i i love his calls and and that yeah, you could have chopped it up in two but yeah you know they had tatis mic'd up during that at bat and you know he, he wanted vlad to enjoy that home run a little more and you know and Vlad just kind of ran around the bases, you know, pointing at his arm. But at yeah, 200th home run in all-star game history, like this kid is just 22 making all the history, the youngest MVP. And, you know, they told him, like, what do you want to say to your dad? And here here it is for Vlad from Vlad, Vlad Jr. accepting his MVP. Bueno, eso significa, significa bastante para mí. Eh, a mi papá solamente quiero darle las gracias. Y esto es por ti. It means a lot to me. It means the word to me, and I just want to thank my dad. I just want to say thank you to him, and that this is for you. Hold that bat up. Yeah, man, what a great moment. You know, he, he uh, he's the third. Vlad Jr. hitting that home run and now makes the Guerreros the third father-son duo to home run in an all-star game next to the Bonds and the Griffies. That's just, that's some history right there. And Vlad Jr. is on a trajectory to be really damn good. And with these young players being this good this this early, and, you know, a lot of people like the home run ball, but this is this makes baseball fun. When, when you, you get to a TV because you got some talented guys like this. Now, obviously, this is why baseball is tough to watch, uh, for some people, the average fan, even though these stars like Otani and Tatis Jr. and Vlad Guerrero Jr. get you to a TV, you only get to really see them, what, once every three innings, depending on, you know, the game. So when you can't really watch them at bat every single inning, it, it's tough. It, it, it really is tough because, you know, football, you know, you're watching Tom Brady. All right, well, you know. Every other possession, you know, every time Tampa gets the ball, you, you get to see Tom Brady on the field. I mean, it, you know, unless uh, the other team goes on a very long drive, you, you'll get to see him every 10 minutes. And that's pretty – that's why football is king. Basketball, I mean, you, you know, every every 24 seconds, uh, basically, you, you get your star player uh, – you get a chance to look at your star player when they're on the court. So that's the thing. Baseball, it's kind of hard to figure out. Like, at least Otani, that's what's nice about him. He's a, he's a pitcher and a hitter. So when he's on the mound, all right, you get a chance to see him every inning. And if he is DHing while he's pitching, 
that's just another bonus. You might see him twice now in an inning because he's up there to bat after he comes off the mound. So I think the thing is, and that's what makes Otani so rare and amazing to watch is because you get to see him so much in one game, unlike these other players like a Tatis Jr. and a Guerrero and you know all these bigger bigger names, guys like a Trout. Like you only get to see him at bat, you know, four times a game. At least with Otani, you see him on the mound, hopefully for six innings, maybe seven, and a few at bats. So you you get a big chunk of him more than you do any other player, and that's what's helping baseball right now. And it, it, it stinks because the Angels don't get much airtime, and especially with Trout out with that injury, you, you see him even less now. But Otani and Trout, like that is a fun team, and it, and it stinks that they're on the Angels' side of town and not the Dodgers' side of town because, I mean, the Dodgers, as popular and as you know, big as they are, I mean, if they had those two, I, I mean, you swap bets and Bellinger for Otani and Trout, you're selling out, you know, and you're just doubling your viewership. And LA's already got a big viewership. I'm telling you, you could swap those two guys uh, or those four players, you know, swap them on each team, and the Dodgers would see a spike. <laughs> as big as their viewership is now, they'd see a spike. So I, I thought the All-Star game, I mean, I, I guess I, some people don't like the MLB All-Star game. I love it. I, I love any All-Star game, really. I don't watch the hockey one, but, you know, basketball, they changed their format up a little bit. NFL, I guess I don't really watch the Pro Bowl anymore because, yeah, that, that it's not competitive at all. I mean, you can't even hit anybody. Um, I, I love the days where you had, was it Mormon, uh, the, the punter, getting jacked up by Sean Taylor. Like, you don't get that anymore. You just don't. And that's unfortunate for football because they just took the hitting out, and it's really just an offensive show. Um, there's no really no pass rush, so what's the point of even having a defensive lineman on the field? You know, they might as well do a seven on seven uh, or or something. But yeah, the NFL definitely needs to change their format. I think MLBs is fine. I mean, you really can't do anything else um, other than you know a nine inning game, seven inning game, whatever you want to do, and you know keep it as is. But with the young talent that you get to see, I think that's what puts baseball ahead of football at that point is because you get these young stars all together on one team on, on one lineup card together. So, yeah, fantastic. <clears throat> I give the home run derby an A. I give the all-star game an A. And let's see what these guys can do in the second half. I know a lot of people say the home run derby jacks up your swing. So, Otani, oh, I think he'll be just fine. I don't think it'll get in his head much. But 33 home runs at the break, I mean, if he was able to keep that same pace for the second half, wow. I mean, there'd be no reason why the Angels wouldn't be pushing for a wild card spot because I think if he continues this pace and if Trout comes back, you have these two guys in your lineup is deadly. The Angels could finally make a push, which, you know, I've been thinking the Angels are going to be good these past few seasons and, and they just haven't gotten over the hump. So maybe they do it. Maybe they make a trade. Uh, let, let's see who can be potential buyers. I mean, you know, Cubs got a few guys that would look good on that Angels roster to help them. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens second half of MLB. 
But now I want to transition. We we got you know last time I talked to you, we spoke about game one Bucks and Suns. You know Suns completely dominated that game, um, and Giannis came back first game after the hyper uh, hyper extended knee. So things looked a lot different in games two and three. But I'll start with game two. Game two. I mean, you just saw Holiday and Middleton. They struggled mightily in that game. And we saw Giannis kind of give that look. Like, give me the ball. Give me the ball. And I don't understand. You know, Giannis had back-to-back MVPs when he was ball dominant, bringing the ball up court, and, and distributing. And why they get away with that, get away from that in the in the playoffs and now. I mean, you guys, Middleton and Holiday struggled in the first two games away. And if this is what you're going to get, Giannis has to bring the ball up. If they go game, when they go game five back into Phoenix, he if they struggle, he's got to have the ball in his hands so that way he can make the play. He can get down in the lane. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was really hard to watch in game two. Middleton and Holiday basically miss every every pass. I mean, I saw Middleton miss what three layups in a row. Layups. It, it was just it was bad. It was bad, and the Suns weren't really you know the defense wasn't strangling. You know it, it wasn't um, suffocating. He just was, they were missing shots, and and some of them were wide open shots. So at that point, yeah, Giannis was yelling, "Give me the ball! Give me the ball!" and, and he would score and. Uh, it, 40 points, you know, he scored over 40 points. Same thing he did in game three. He got a lot of more help, though, in game three. I will say, man, Drew Holiday, I don't know what it is about road and home, but Drew Holiday showed up. Middleton showed up a little more. And you got a big victory at home for game three. And Holiday, man, just three after three, he was stroking. And they finally go in. And I don't understand why the mentality on the road. But, you know, you're playing for the home crowd. They get hype every time you hit a big shot. And and Holiday was hitting some big ones. Like, every time, you know, Crowder hit one, and then Holiday came back and hit one back. Like, he was answering everything that Phoenix had. So that's what needs to happen in game four, game five, game six. You know, if it goes to a seven... It just, you need the help from Middleton and Holiday. If you don't get it, that's why I said Giannis needs to be ball dominant. We see what happens. They can't stop him. He's shooting over 15 free throws a game, basically. He shot 17, which was more than the whole Phoenix Suns team last game in game three. Like, they can't stop Giannis. They don't have an answer for him. Aiton got in foul trouble, which is exactly what you want if you're the, if you're the Bucks. So can they maintain that? I don't know. It, 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 you know, Budenholzer needs to adjust and keep what's working because what's working is Giannis getting the ball down low, easy layups, or drawing a foul. And he's hitting his free throws, <laughs> unlike a guy I'm going to get into later in the playoffs. But And Bobby Portis, I mean, seeing him, make plays and getting dunks and hyping up the crowd. Like, he, he got the crowd going. And I, I love Bobby Portis. I loved him when he was on the Bulls. He's just that gritty guy, you know, puts his nose down, grinds it out, 
tough player. He'll play some defense, and he's just a hard worker. You know, he's a hard worker down there, and it was fun to see him, you know, getting a dunk and just screaming and yelling, and he, he was getting upset when he, he got taken out of the game. He, he got upset. He didn't want to come out, but you know what? Like, that's what you want to see, and a, a guy like Giannis, I'm sure would love to see a guy on the same intensity level as him because Giannis, I've never seen this in him before. You've never seen him with, with the fire in his eyes, this hungry. He knows it's on him for the Bucks to win this series, and he's up for the challenge. I mean, he wants to take it head on, and that's what you want to see from a two-time MVP, a guy that's willing to take over the game. And, you know, back-to-back 40-point games, you know all this – you all know you know the history about that. Uh, you know Shaq did it, and with the forty point ten rebounds, uh, Jordan did it with the back to back forty point games. You know against the Suns, so we all know that. But Giannis, I think there's no reason why he shouldn't be scoring more than forty. And if as long as he gets help uh, tonight, which he should, they're at home. But going into Phoenix. Like I said, if you get Holiday and Middleton both struggling, Giannis, I'm sorry, but he needs to touch the ball every possession in the paint. I think he's missed one shot in the restricted area in the last two games. Um, or that might be all three games. But, oh no, that's the last two games. Uh, I think he missed one shot in the restricted area. That, that's nuts. This guy's not missing. They can't stop him. And, and you see the, the, the Suns getting frustrated because they, they're all getting in foul trouble. And that is another key to beating them is get the big guy Aiton in foul trouble. You know, Phoenix is still trying to figure the small ball lineup. And it almost looked like they figured it out last game, but they couldn't. Uh, they, they just couldn't quite nail it down. Uh, they almost had a chance. Cam Johnson, man, what a story that is. You know, a guy who actually stays all four years in college gets drafted by him, and he is showing out in this series, which is which is also fun to see a guy, you know, you don't see guys stay anymore. You don't see them stay anymore, and uh, it, it's cool to see. But, yeah, I think the Bucks. I'm not going to make a prediction even after the first three games. I don't, you know, I'm starting to, in sports, Realize you, you can't really make a prediction unless it is completely one-sided. Like this past Super Bowl, I mean, I, yeah, of course I wanted the Bucks to win, but you thought on paper, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, again, with all that firepower, forgot to factor in the two tackles being out. So, you know, we, we actually saw that game go how it should go with two of your starting tackles out with injury. But I, I really think that, Bucks have a chance here to to win at least the next two games. Game four at home and then game five on the road, which sets up a very interesting game six in Milwaukee again. But if the Bucks go and struggle in Phoenix, I, I can't see Phoenix losing game seven on their court unless an injury happens to Chris Paul or Aiton or Booker. I mean, that's really the only way that they can win if they end up losing game game five in Phoenix. Because if it's going back and forth, home home teams winning, and by big margins, I just I take the home team in this series, which is Phoenix, because game seven is going to end up there. 
Um, but yeah, I, I'm not gonna make a prediction. But if the Bucks can tr- feed Giannis, because that that's honestly their it's honestly uh, their only way to win. Uh, you have to give him the ball, let him be dominant like he has been. He he needs to have at least 20 shots in the paint. At least. Maybe, you know, I'm saying in the next two games. Minimal. And if he can get to the free throw line 15 times again, I'll even say 12, 12 to 13 times, you, you know you're getting the Bucks and uh, the, the Suns in foul trouble. So we'll see if the game plan for the Bucks holds out. I, I'm excited for tonight. If they can tie this series up. I know I really want to see Chris Paul get his ring. But, man, if Giannis is looking this good and, you know, the one thing that everybody has been saying about the Bucks, they choke hard in the biggest moments, and if they could pull this through and Giannis shows why he was a two-time back-to-back MVP, why he's one of the best players in the NBA right now, this will only propel him, and now – does he bump Kawhi down from number two behind LeBron and jump him? And now Giannis is the second best player in the league. I I would say so. I would definitely say so. I mean, Giannis has done so much in the way that he's playing because he wants it, and he's been calling for the ball, where he usually doesn't do that. Like he, you know, his legacy is on the line, and Giannis is. You know, he signed with the Bucks because he thinks that they're that they're that close. So the stories of the Bucks choking and uh they'll hey, the East is theirs to lose. I know I, I said Brooklyn has a better shot next year, but honestly, I, I'm not too big on Brooklyn as everybody else is, even you know, how close they were this year. If uh, Durant was, you know, feet were about two inches shorter. Or his toes are two inches shorter. You know, we'd be seeing this series, Phoenix and Brooklyn. But I, just the fact that you, you can't really count on Kyrie, the injury history with, you know, Harden and Durant, where they weren't all able to stay on the court together. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see where this series plays out. I, yes, I want Chris Paul to get a ring finally, and it'll be heartbreaking if the Bucks get out of this series and win the title. But I'll also be happy for Giannis because he has played like an MVP in this series. I, I, I honestly, could he? You know, if Booker, Aiton, or Paul can't run away with, you know, the MVP of the finals – and they win, and Giannis continues this just video game number numbers, like the video game numbers, could he be the second person in NBA history after Jerry West to not win the finals but win the finals MVP? That's up for debate. I mean, as far as I've seen, it Giannis is the reason why the Bucks are here. And why they continue to fight and hold on to this series. So if Giannis goes in and puts up, you know, 40-point games from here on out and the Bucks push it to game seven 
and it comes down to the final seconds of Game 7, I mean, I don't see how he's not your finals MVP. And that's with Chris Paul, Booker, and Aiton not running away with it. You know, if it's one guy has a big game here, the other has a big game there, I mean, it really is up in the air. And that would that would be tough, right? Chris Paul's first finals, he wins, but the finals MVP goes to the losing team. But we'll see. Um, I'll stick with basketball because Team USA, you kind of saw this. I mean, you look at their roster, and I get it. Everybody is like, should they panic? I really don't think so. One, their exhibition games. Two, the talent around the world is a lot better than it was when the Dream Team was put together. All right. You got NBA players on these. I mean, look, at you got Luka playing for Slovenia, which they qualified for the first time. Um, but USA beat Argentina yesterday, 108-80. And that, the dominance we're used to seeing. Uh, but you're just not going to see 80-point blowouts anymore, 40-point blowouts anymore in, in this day and age in the Olympics. You, you have NBA players playing for these other countries. So when they lose to Australia and Nigeria, you can't get upset about it. You also have to factor in these guys don't play together week in and week out. The chemistry still has to be worked out here. Uh, Team USA, I mean, you know, Durant, I think Draymond Green's still on there. Uh, you got guys who have been on this roster together, but again, when you're not playing with them every day and in practice or uh, in an 82-game season, the rhythm's not going to be there. Uh, you know, Dame Lillard doesn't play with these guys. You're figuring it out. Like, who who has the ball? Who's dominant? Who, you know, who brings it up? Who's, who's setting the play up? So you, you got to factor all that little stuff in. I think USA is going to be fine once this thing kicks off and it starts for real. I wouldn't worry about it. We'll, we'll be back on top. You know, I, I am interested to see how Luca and how far he takes Slovenia because it, that would just be impressive and, and just show why that kid is one of the best young players, if not one of the best players in the NBA. So that, that's, you know, all I wanted to touch on the USA. Hey, don't freak out. We'll be fine. These guys got to figure out the team chemistry. They, they won by 28 yesterday. Let's. Not jump off the boat yet, all right? Let, let, let's see this thing out. Let them get a few games under the belt. You know, Popovich, I know, is the coach, which I think he should finally retire. He's trying to chase something without Duncan, and it's just it hasn't worked out. <laughs> it hasn't worked out. He, You know, he, he's had four Hall of Famers on one team before, or you know, at a time, and now that those Hall of Famers are gone, just you don't have the same your system doesn't work for other players but as i mentioned you got a three-time all-star two-time all-defensive team player rookie of the year all nba ben simmons philadelphia 76ers are engaged in trade talks for ben simmons now i thought i was brilliant coming up with a perfect team and then here i watch 
the herd yesterday, and he, it, I feel like he read my mind or stole my notes somehow. But he, he, he said Ben Simmons to the Warriors would be a perfect fit, and that's wh- exactly where I had him. Perfect fit. You get Ben Simmons around shooters like Clay and Steph. I mean, that team, and, and, and you, you know, Simmons. The amazing defensive player he is. Clay's amazing at defense. You know, Draymond, defense. You're probably going to have to get rid of Weissman. You're probably going to have, well, you're definitely going to get rid of those picks that you have this year, 7 and 14, which is a bonus that you have two first-round picks in, in, the, in the lottery. So that is a great scenario um, for Ben Simmons. I think Golden State would be the favorites coming out of the West next year with Ben Simmons on that team. It's just you have him driving to the lane. Yes, you got to worry about the late game foul trouble, but I think you're going to have good leads. That that's not going to matter. These teams aren't going to have to follow. And if he is playing with Clay and Steph, I think right there alone, these two helping him out on his stroke. Uh, you know, his stroke. I think that's going to lift and elevate his game, and maybe he becomes a better free throw shooter. Maybe we start seeing Ben Simmons take. A, a couple more threes here a game and, and just not completely shy away from it. I mean, his confidence is shot. You, you, you saw it. You saw it in the in these two series in the playoffs. I mean, he was 25 of 73 in the playoffs at the free throw line. 34.2%. You just can't be that terrible in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I think he should be traded because him and Embiid – just don't work together. You got to get Embiid. Maybe I another I, like slasher, but a guy who can just make better plays offensively. You know, it, it can't just be all on Embiid because you know Ben Simmons is going to shoot. You need somebody who's going to be able to spread the floor a little more and, and be a threat at longer range, you know. Uh, behind the three-point line. And when you don't have to worry about Ben Simmons, I mean, if he stands by the three-point line, you could sag off of him. I mean, you're going to be able to kind of sink in on Embiid and double him a little bit. So I think, I don't know who they can, who's really available in this offseason. Alonzo Ball, honestly, Alonzo would be perfect. And I don't know if the Sixers would trade Simmons for Weissman in those picks because, I mean, you have Embiid down there. I don't know if it makes sense to really play two big guys. Uh, could MB play po- power forward? Uh, who knows? I mean, he can shoot the three pretty well. So maybe you do have two big guys, a Weissman at center and, and Embiid at power forward, uh, which gives you two rim protectors down there because, you know, Embiid's defense is just as good as anybody's out there. So the, the Sixers have a lot of interesting moves to think about to make. Um, it's just, yeah, Ben Simmons, I mean, you can't be afraid to shoot. You just can't. And he's clearly valuable. Look, valuable. He's 24 years old. Like I said, he's a three-time All-Star, two-time All-Defensive team. You know, he definitely was runner-up this year of Defensive Player of the Year. Rudy Gobert seems to always get it. I think Ben was very much deserving of it. So you know you have a, an elite, elite defender in Ben Simmons. It's just he's so poor offensively. I he, he, There was only two games in the conference semifinals where he shot he shot one game 10 
uh, 10 shots, 10 attempts, and another game, 11 attempts. Everything else, I think, was like seven or less. So you know he's not right up there mentally uh, as far as his shot goes. So hopefully he's serious about putting in the work this offseason because I want to see Ben Simmons come back next season no matter where he's at, even if he's still in Philly, and and really prove these dollars wrong. He was supposed to do this last year. I know he was dating a, a Jenner at one point, and we all know the curse of the Jenners and the Kardashians. So hopefully this man revives his career and can do something about it. I want to see Ben Simmons be more confident, and especially at the free throw line. I mean, if he can get to 70%, I think that's more than fine. It's okay. 70, you don't have to be, you know, an 80% free throw shooter. 70, that, 70 is almost basically where LeBron's at in his point of his career. And LeBron's upped his game at every other level. And, and the free throw is still lacking. But we still think he's the greatest player right now in the world. So Ben Simmons has a shot of doing some damage here. And, I, I mean, I, that's where I hope he does go. I, I do hope that Golden State makes an offer uh, to snag Simmons. Maybe it could be a three-way trade where Weissman goes somewhere else and uh, the Sixers get maybe a, a better point guard. But we'll see. But, yeah, man, oh, I'm telling you, that's deadly. Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Ben Simmons. And there's talk of, uh, you know, Lillard trade rumors as well, possibly going to Golden State. There, I, I, don't, I don't see that. I mean, you know how – Poor defensively that team is. I mean, Lillard and Steph on the quarter at one time. That's, yeah, you're going to be scoring a lot of points, but you're going to be giving up a lot of points as well. And, man, that's that's just, I mean, it would be a fun show. Trust me. I, I would love, I would sign up to see Clay, Lillard, and Curry all day, every day. I mean, you're getting three of the elite, three-point shooters in this league all on one floor together. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't ask for anything better than that, but I just think they'll suffer tremendously defensively. So I, I, I hope that one doesn't happen. I would love to see Lillard to L.A., but L.A. really doesn't have anything to give up. It would be, you know, could you give up Anthony Davis and some picks? Because Anthony Davis, I mean, the injury history, it, it's just – it's alarming, and it's been alarming, even in his days in New Orleans. He's just constantly hurt, constantly. And for a guy like LeBron, who's almost only got, what, four years left, four great years left, and he wants to still win now, you can't do that when you can't trust your second-best player to stay healthy. You just can't do it. And... Um, other than Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, he really hasn't been able to trust his number two. I mean, Kyrie got hurt in the second finals round, you know. Uh, so it's just, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen with Anthony Davis. Uh, you know, he's, he's too fragile. And uh, next year, Lakers, okay, if, if they're going to be the favorites out of the West, I, I really don't think so because at some point, as time has shown and history has shown and proven us right, is that Anthony Davis will be hurt at some point next season and in the playoffs. So I wouldn't put your money on L.A. to really do much. But 
In other news, just a couple of quick NFL headlines, some fun ones. Uh, well, the Washington football team, they're definitely going to keep their name this year, but an official name and logo change, permanent, in 2022. Uh, I think they eliminated the Warriors uh, because it was kind of too closely tied um, kind of to, you know, the Redskin, you know, nature. So they're going to stay away from that. I don't know why they just don't go the Washington presidents. Why not? Um, or, or something political. I mean, you're in Washington, D.C. Uh, so just keep it simple. Washington, I mean, I don't know. What, air fighters or something like that. Uh, and then I don't know if you've seen the viral video of Tristan Wirfs. I mean, this man is athletic. You got an offensive tackle at that size with a weighted vest. And he, he did a sitting box jump of 40, 48 inches with the weighted vest. Like, it's incredible to see this man's athleticism. And, I mean, if you're Tom Brady, you, listen, Wirfs did not give up one sack last year as a rookie in the NFL. That's unheard of. So I think the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to be just fine. Brady, I know he said, uh, is, uh, you know, he's close to the end. It is the end, basically. I, if you got an offensive tackle like Wirfs, if he's not going to give up a sack on you, man, you could play for a lot longer. I'm just saying. You're going to be upright, not going to have to worry about being touched. Play another five years, Brady. Just play until you're 50. Just, just do it. Nobody else is going to do it. Uh, and win a couple more titles. And that way, Mahomes will never catch you. But, yeah, I, I think uh, I think Tampa's going to be just fine. I, I just, again, in the news this week, I, I can't stand the high praise for the Tennessee Titans. I just don't get it. You have to realize you have to play both sides of the ball. And I get it offensively. They've got weapons. But that still doesn't mean they're the best team in the AFC to give a run at the Chiefs. It's going to be Baltimore. It's going to be Buffalo. All right, maybe Cleveland. If what on paper we saw this free agency and offseason and draft is put together properly, yes, Cleveland has a chance. But I think Baltimore and Buffalo have the best rosters to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs, listen, they had a they have a great offensive line still. And I just think with Baltimore's defense and Lamar coming back, which Lamar was also in headlines if you haven't seen him playing corner and receiver on I know on asphalt, everybody was freaking out like oh you you're asking to get paid, you don't risk yourself for injury. Listen, he didn't get hurt. He's clearly coaching or doing something there with the kids. Give him back. He didn't get hurt. And, of course, if he did get hurt, oh, we'll see. Why would you be doing that? You got hurt. He didn't. Okay, it didn't happen, so we can't ask that question. He's fine. Pay this man. You know, these lists that come out, top quarterbacks in the NFL, I hate lists. If you don't know that about me, I hate these lists that come out about, you know, top 10 this, top top 10 that, uh, 
it's going into the season, you know, they ranked, I believe it was, uh, it was executives, coaches, players, you know, voted on the, the top 10 list, okay? Um, I just, when it comes to them, all right, it, the players are actually put, but when it comes to fans or these networks coming with the list, I, I, I can't, I, I just don't give it the time of day. But they put Kyler Murray at number 10. They put Justin Herbert, I believe, at 9. Murray is so up and down. He still doesn't have a winning season. Okay? I think he's got a losing record as a quarterback still. Uh, Herbert, one year. Listen, I know he lit it up as a rookie. I'm a huge Herbert fan. But let's tone it down a little bit. Lamar was so far down the list. Uh, You got Josh Allen, who had the first good year of his career up at number four, I believe. Or no, at five, after Russ at four. Brady, I think to me, of a second year in the system, I, I think he really would make an MVP push. Um, but I don't know. I just think there's other guys that should be higher on that list and some that shouldn't even be on it yet. But time will tell. Time will tell. It's NFL season. I can't wait. We're... Less than a month away from the Hall of Fame game. And I'm extremely excited. And, you know, I haven't really, I don't think I was able to talk about the schedule on my show, but next week we'll be doing a nice little fun segment called How the Turntables. And we'll get into that next week on what that means about the NFL schedule and where teams play. But that will do it for me today on the final play with Mikey Clutch. Thanks for listening. I got brand new merchandise if you would like. I got shirts, final play shirts, and small, medium, large, and extra large. So hit me up if you want those. Get them while they're hot. Pretty nice if you ask me. Pretty pretty damn nice. They're sharp looking. I got the Chicago Star. Just letting you know, if you want to look stylish out with your friends, throw one of these on. Hey, any, anything's possible. You know what I mean? As I said, that's going to do it for us today. Have a fantastic Wednesday. Enjoy the NBA Finals Game 4. Baseball starts back up tomorrow with Red Sox-Yankees, and that'll do it. You have just tuned into the final play with Mikey Clutch on ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. It's not just sports, it's a way of life.